distraction, right? Our lives is filled with it. I'm just wondering if you could put in the chat, what are a couple of common things that distract you? What is it that takes your attention away from doing the most important thing that you're engaged in? And then I would be interested in knowing how you could start being more present in those circumstances when those distractions come. Again, if you would, uh, just uh, type that into the chat. So the question this morning is, how many of you are here? I mean, really here. I mean, how many of you are watching on, not just here in the building, I mean, right now at this moment, it's just me, here on this platform, live.lindenroad.church. If you're here right now, would you just say hello in the chat? In fact, would you just say, I'm here, uh, and I want to say welcome to you. Part of what, what we want to see is we want to just take the moment this morning, as we did last week to celebrate the growth of the kingdom with the Enzer family and the commitment that was made as in the baptism of their children. You know, the, the beauty of what it is we have on this day to gather, the freedom that we have to either gather later this morning at 10 a.m. as we will in the building, or even here online in the beauty of all that. And then here we are together as disciples of Jesus, where we get a chance to engage in the bread of life, the relationship with him, that we actually get to encounter the living word of God, that literally in this moment, even though we're using this platform, we are in the presence of the same spirit, the Holy Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. And together we worship the Lamb of God who was slain, who takes away the sins of the world. And so it's a holy moment, right, as we gather. I'm so glad that you're here and that you've taken time to be part of our online experience. But I know ultimately some of you won't be here for long because of just the distractions of life, wherever you're watching from at home. Physically, you may have a phone or a tablet or your desktop as you're watching, but then your mind and your attention then is going to be off somewhere else. And so, you know, the reality is all of us, there's these distractions that come at us. And, and so I want to talk about just being here now. I mean, even in this moment, if you're at home, your phone may go off and you get a text. Are you going to check it? Or maybe in a few moments, you'll jump over to Instagram and then think about all that you have yet to do today and maybe even where, what you're going to do for lunch after, after our gathering. And then maybe even you're thinking about the week ahead, uh, maybe some tests that you're going to lean into if you're a student, or maybe you're thinking about the bills that are coming due that maybe are going to create some financial hardship. Or maybe it's the distracting person on television that you've got on at the same time that you're watching here online. But I want to just say that I'm glad you're here in this moment but to be reminded that there's lots of things that come at us and that maybe you won't be here for long. We want to look at an interesting text here from John chapter 2. It's the first miracle of Jesus. It's the wedding at uh, Cana where he shows up. Where we step into the story here in John chapter 2, it's a little bit of an embarrassing moment because the host uh, ran out of wine. He sends the servants to fill these massive jars of water uh, probably holds anywhere from 20 to 30 gallons. And then as they draw out what's in the jar, they take it to the master of the banquet and look here what he says. They did so, and the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He did not realize where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. Then he called the bridegroom aside and said, everyone brings out the choice wine first, 
and then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink. But you have saved the best till now. What we want to see here is this word till now. And it's in the moment, if you will, in the moment, literally right now. As we think about where we're going in this series on the way of Jesus, we're going to talk specifically about the fact that the best day that we have is the one we're living in right now in this very moment. And so let's pray. Father, in the busyness of our day, we're grateful for the life you've given us. And so in this moment, right now, we pray that we would sense your presence. Thank you for loving us. Holy Spirit, encourage us. Jesus, thank you for the life that you've given us. And it's through your precious name that we pray. Amen. We're talking about the way of Jesus. And you remember a couple weeks ago, we talked about the scripture that talks about how Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And so it's the way he lived that we really want to spend some time on unpacking. Because one of the most striking qualities of him was this idea that he was fully present. They lived with an undivided attention in every moment. Now we're going to see this is a back-to-back stories here out of Luke's gospel. And it says, again, as we talked last week, as Jesus walked, remember, he never ran, it seemed. He was always walking. He was walking into Jericho. And there's lots of crowds around him. He's surrounded. And he bumps into this uh, guy that's blind. His name is Bartimaeus. And as loud as you can possibly imagine, Bartimaeus is saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And what's really interesting is that in this moment, as Jesus is engaging in conversation with Bartimaeus, the disciples are like really put out. And they actually rebuke the guy. Now, then what's interesting is, and then what Jesus says to Bartimaeus is, what do you want me to do for you? Now, that's a whole other conversation for another time. What's interesting here to see is that Jesus stopped for a guy that no one else had time for. And then there's a second story here where Jesus enters Jericho and he says he's passing through. So obviously, again, he's going from here to there and he's going to be interrupted. And this time, a man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. And who was Zacchaeus? Well, he was the chief tax collector, and he was wealthy, according to Luke. Now, Jesus is on his way somewhere else, and here he is again being interrupted, first time by a poor beggar, and now he stops for a rich and corrupt tax collector. Who is Zacchaeus? Well, Zacchaeus was a wee little man. You remember that song from Vacation Bible School or Sunday School from years ago? We see that Zacchaeus is a tax collector. Now, what is that? Well, in this generation, he was basically a corrupt IRS agent. And we know that one of the criticisms that the, those tax collectors got was the fact that they, they would tack on for their own interest uh, additional dollars that the citizens would have to pay. And what's really interesting, too, here is that Jesus calls this man by his name, Zacchaeus, and then he says, hey, I'm coming over to your house for lunch. And then as the conversation ensues, and Zacchaeus has this encounter with Jesus, he becomes so overwhelmed that he blurts out that he's going to give half his possessions to the poor. In fact, he's going to pay back four times those that he cheated. And then Jesus says what to him? Today, salvation has come to your house. I don't know about you. I want to be like Jesus. Because it seems like Jesus was always present in the moment. And we need to be like that. Now, he's not just living for the happy moments. 
but literally he's fully present in all the moments, even the ones that would be annoying. So you think about your family growing up, right? You think about if you're an empty nester right now and the kids are gone, there were many days where we probably complained about what was going on in the day, stepping on the Legos or over the toys or, or you know, dealing with diapers, all those various things. But the reality is, and it's this truth, right? Complaining today about moments that you'll miss tomorrow because it's in those moments that we wish because it's just in a blink of an eye, the kids are out of the house, you are an empty nester, and you only can remember those days with fond recollection. Now, the question is, are you still here? Are you still engaged? Because statistically, I, I know that we've lost some of you. It's interesting. A Harvard study says that 40% of the time that our mind isn't where our feet are and our mind goes into stupid things. We start you know, drifting off. Squirrel, right? <laughs> Here's what's interesting. Just one more uh, look at the technology that's in our world. The average cell phone user touches their phone 2,617 times a day. That's crazy, right? Pick it up, swipe it, check the notifications, all those various things. That's a lot of engagement. They say that the Gen Zers touch it even more, like double that. If we're not wasting time on our phones, we're playing mind games, playing what we call the when-then game. We all have done this, this idea of when I get out of high school and then I'm going to go to college and then, then I'm going to get a job and then I'll get a real job and then I'm going to pay off the student debt and then I'll get married and then we'll have kids. And then when the kids get out of the diapers, we'll actually be time to get a better house. And then we'll lean into maybe more fun for a family vacation. And then we'll not be so busy with the kids you know, because we'll wait till the kids are grown up and out. And then we'll have lots of time together to spend. And the truth is, for many of us, we end up going through life wishing away the current moments that we're in. And so here's a key point this morning is I, I want to make sure that we don't miss what we have now pursuing what you want later. Let me say that again. We don't want to miss what we have now pursuing what you want later. And, and then it's not just the when then kind of understanding, but then it becomes the what if kind of game. You know, what if thinking back to if I don't pass a test. Uh, then if for our children, they're thinking they won't get into the right school. And then if they don't get the right school, they won't, they'll get up in a bad job. And then they'll worry about, and then we worry about salary and income and about the economic things that are going on in the world. And then we end up into COVID, right? That's reset everything. And then it, it plays a game with, you know, whether or not we can afford a house. And, and then even the idea of whether or not we can afford to get married. And yet what's interesting, and we've heard this verse many times, but to be reminded again here out of Matthew chapter 6, Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Now, I want to be clear is that Jesus isn't telling us not to plan for the future. What he's saying to us is don't worry. Because we know that planning is part of Scripture. I mean, Noah was given 100 years to build the ark, right, with a plan. But let me just push in a little bit here with you. Why don't we live in our moments? Why is it that we're always focused on the next thing? Or back to the what if or the when then kind of scenario. I want to suggest that one idea is that it, we lack faith. The idea is that the only way we can be present in the moment 
is to simply do two things. Surrender the past you can't change and to trust God with a future you can't control. Both those ideas are just hard to get our, our minds and our hearts around and our faith around too, right? And so it, it takes faith for us to lean into these moments. It's interesting, James in chapter 4 says, Come now, you who say, Today or tomorrow we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and then trade and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Which is so true, right? We get so wrapped up and realize that life is very brief. So think of the hourglass, right? I mean, there's a lot of things about the hourglass that's kind of interesting. Now, one of the true things is we're never quite sure how much is in the top part of the glass. And to be honest, with the hourglass, you really can't stop the sand flowing from the upper chamber to the lower chamber. Once it's in the bottom, you can't get it back. David in the Psalms helps us to understand a simple concept, right? And I hear our mature members say this all the time. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. So David says, this is the day, not, not tomorrow, uh, not yesterday, but this is the day, this very moment. And so let me just ask you the question, are you still here? Uh, are you still with me here? I mean, let me tell you, here's what we can't do. We can't be happy where you are not. And you can't serve Jesus where you are not. And to be honest, you can't love people where you are not. We all have been to the big moments, right? Or we've been to concerts and we've been to amazing presentations. Even in this space, we did the Requiem a couple years ago and we had a cantata at Christmas time with a full choir and orchestra. It was incredible. And then you hit the rewind button back to when Percy Hall was here and the good work that he had done uh, through our choir and our music program. It was rocking. And yeah, those big moments are important, yet it's, what's interesting, it's the small moments that really matter most. And so as we think about our lives, and, and those small matters are like just a simple phone call or a text message, or just being aware of someone in the room and paying attention to them. And I want to say this point again, is that we don't want to miss what we have now by pursuing what we want later. Now, to be honest, all of us, to be fair, all of us get easily distracted, right? Squirrel? Yeah, you follow me. And yet, we get occupied with ourselves. But what's interesting here is when we look at Jesus, and you would have thought when Jesus would have been most consumed with life was when he was headed to the cross, literally, in, during the week of Passion. And even when he got to the cross, where he's naked on the cross, and and prior to getting there, that Jesus had been beaten senseless and that people hardly recognized him. And what's incredible in that story, if you remember it, is there's a man dying next to Jesus also. And it's in that moment that Jesus gives the thief next to him undivided attention. They had a conversation, actually. And in that conversation, the man, the thief, is offering his uh, deep sorrow for the choices he, he's made and for what he's done. And then he says to Jesus, remember me. And then in that moment, Jesus says to him, as Jesus is dying, 
says to him, Today you will be with me in paradise. So you see, he's our model. He's our example. He's the one we're to be yoked with. We're supposed to take on his, his yoke. And so for Jesus, we need to see that he was fully present. So again, when we think about our own stories, to be reminded that we can't serve Jesus if we are not there. You can't serve Jesus where you are not. And you can't love people where you are not. And you can't be happy where you are not. So what I want to encourage us in to understand is that it's the moment that we live being present right now. That this is the day. Today is the day. This very moment is the day that we're supposed to be engaged in understanding what God is doing. Because like the water that got turned into the wine is that the best is saved for the moment right now. And when we think about our own stories, right, it's, it's his grace right now in this moment that's offered to us. It's his mercy, his deep mercy, and his deep forgiveness of all that we've done wrong. And then out of all that, it's his freedom that he brings to us. Remember, his call out of Isaiah 61 was to set the captives free. That's you and me. And then out of that, then we're promised a power. And then finally, we're promised a purpose and a focus and a direction. Just like Jesus walked to the cross, that was his purpose his entire life. So in our purpose of loving others well, of serving others well. And, and sometimes we say our best days are yet ahead. But I want us just in this moment today to realize that our best day is right now and how we leverage that for the moment for the kingdom. And to be reminded that God is now with us in this very moment. So no matter what you're pushing through this week, this morning, to be reminded that God loves you and that God delights in you and that God has a purpose for you. And to know that in the moment, he wants you to walk with him in faithfulness. Your best days are right now, this very moment. Let's pray. God, we're grateful for this truth. We're grateful for this reminder of what you've given us as your people. And so we pray that at each moment, even as we finish our time here together in worship, we pray that as we lean into the day, as we celebrate our freedoms and our liberties, and even as we just rest, we pray that we would sense your presence in all things. And help us to seize each moment in the now to leverage it for your purpose. We thank you for loving us and we pray it in the strong name of Jesus. Amen. Let's continue our time of worship.
Jesus and his love I love to tell the story It's pleasant to repeat What seems each time I tell More wonderfully sweet I love to tell the story For some Jesus and his